Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season six, episode one of The Vampire Diaries, which is called I'll Remember. Uh, You know, woof. People handling this bad. Not going well with our team right now. This is also the beginning of the first chapter of season six. We're still doing chapters. Based on this first episode, do you want to guess what this first chapter is called? Ooh, hmm. I'm going to guess that this chapter is called Whatever Realm Bonnie and Damon are in. It's it's called the grieving chapter. Okay. So I, it's not called Whatever Realm Bonnie and Damon are in. <laughs> well, that's, that's sad. I wouldn't have told you the name if you were allowed to know that yet. So I guess we'll go through some grieving in the beginning of season six. Who knows how permanent that grieving will be. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm just so happy to trim the dead weight that is season five. I feel lighter after watching season six, episode one. Yeah, I do feel like we're getting into just the the start of this season. Feels very much about the relationships between these people. And it feels very similar to like a time jump type episode. And though it is, you know, a few months ahead, it's not enough of a time jump that it's like, we all grew apart. We don't have this home connecting us anymore. How do we bring this group back together? That's always a good way to kind of reform people. Great point. Before we unpack this whole episode, first, here's a quick ad. It's not time for the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki just yet. We wanted to take a second to thank and celebrate our first subscriber on Spotify for Podcasters, Nancy London. Thank you so much for your support. As we mentioned in our ad right before this, you can subscribe and support podcasts that you appreciate what they're doing. It is similar to Patreon. We can add benefits to the tiers. We're exploring options of what those benefits might be, but if people are interested or have ideas of benefits, definitely let us know some of the things we could do. We can finally make some merch. Don't worry, we have ideas. Or we could do kind of one-off episodes on specific movies, TV shows, vampire-specific things. If y'all are interested in something, let us know, and we will build that up. But we wanted to say thank you to Nancy. We didn't even need to build that up for her to do it. That's a real queen, a real legend, real icon. Hello, brother, to that. And with that, let's get back to the show. I'll start, as always, by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. After spending the past four months coping with the loss of Damon in an unconventional and potentially dangerous way, Elena has returned to Whitmore College for the start of sophomore year. Unable to move on, Caroline is desperate to find a way to reverse the anti-magic spell the Travelers have put over Mystic Falls and grows frustrated when her calls to Stefan go unanswered. Tyler, who is human once again, has a run-in at a football tailgate that tests his ability to control his anger, while Matt worries that Jeremy is dealing with the loss of Bonnie in a self-destructive way. Alaric, who is struggling to adjust to his new life as a vampire, finds himself in an awkward situation when he meets Joe, guest star Jody Lynn O'Keefe, a beautiful doctor at the university hospital. Last, while everyone believes Stefan is off tracking a lead to get Damon and Bonnie back, Elena is shocked when she learns the truth of what he has really been up to. No one comes out of this winning. No one's happy at the end of this episode. We do have a couple new characters as well that I'm excited to discuss. Mm -hmm. But let's get into it. We open the episode at a campsite in Mystic Falls within the border. They make it clear to say it's Mystic Falls. So I'm like, ooh, so these two are safe. So there's a couple, they're in a tent, they're kissing, and their lantern is flickering. And then they like hear someone like run by or something. You know, they hear a sound. 
which is funny. This sheriff was just going on a little jog, I guess. She's just running. So let me find the best place to surprise him from. She says, let me lure him out. <laughs> the girl says, what the hell was that? The boy says, I don't know. And so she says, go check it out. And he says, you go check it out. And she says, huh? <laughs> he says, we are not doing gender roles here, mama. <laughs> she decides to go out of the tent, check things out. By the way, she's barefoot. It doesn't really end up affecting her in a negative way, but I just think it's a weird choice. Definitely felt like a risk either way. Yeah. <laughs> Best case scenario, you step on a pine cone. I mean, <laughs> she turns the lantern back on and she's relieved. She's like, oh, there's nothing here. It was just the lantern flickering. Uh, but then she turns and there's a shadowy figure. And I can see the hair and I'm like, that better not be Stefan. Because if so, what the fuck hair is that giving? It is really the meme of like <laughs> an iconic character can be recognized by their silhouette. Because, you know, that's Liz Forbes haircut. Yeah. <laughs> it's Sheriff Forbes. She turns on a flashlight. The girl who is in trouble says like, oh, my God, <laughs> I thought you were a serial killer. And Liz says, actually, I'm worse than a serial killer because you'll still be alive when I call your parents because she has a. Beer can, because they were underage drinking. A single beer can. Yeah, that's her smoking gun. The one beer can. <laughs> she says, pack it up, strike it down. She leaves them, which, I don't know, kind of foolish, but whatever. She's like, I'm done working tonight. <laughs> she said, I don't get paid enough for this. They're packing up the car, and the boy who is too scared to leave the tent all of a sudden has so many words. <laughs> he says, he says, for real, Sheriff Forbes, you got nothing better to do than bust us for a couple beer cans? Tax money at work. Well, first of all, you don't pay taxes because you're underage. And second of all, she didn't give you a ticket. She just said, hey, don't do that. Pretty sweet deal. And also, she does have nothing better to do. Yeah. Her entire job is now kind of useless. Yeah. Especially because, we'll get to this later, there's now a whole nother fake cop group, too, for less crime. Yeah, who just volunteered for no reason. We'll get to them. You will be dealt with, Trip. <laughs> As they're leaving, they pass a sign that says, you are now leaving Mystic Falls because they want us to know, like, <laughs> magic's out here now. We know where the border is now. You get where the scene's going. Yeah. She says, you know, it could have been worse. Melanie Peterson was arrested for underage drinking last week. Not a founding family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Melanie Peterson. <laughs> she says, I swear this place is turning into that town from Footloose. He says, okay, well, let's just get out of here. He packs the car, but... All of a sudden, the girl's gone. Her name's Jesse. He says, Jesse. And then she gets thrown on the car hood and she's bleeding, but she is alive. Bleeding from her neck, obviously. I don't feel like I have to say that. <laughs> He's holding her. He says, oh, you'll be okay. I'll get help. But she's looking up like above him. And she says, look up. And we turn around and there's a shadowy vampire that jumps and attacks. He screams. We don't know it yet, but that is Elena. We see she has long hair, though. So from the hair, I was kind of thinking Elena. I'll be honest. I was scared to say it. Before they revealed the person, I was like, oh, Stefan is a ripper again. And then I was like, oh. Not Stefan. One. Stefan's doing something else. <laughs> Stefan changed it up this time. <laughs> arguably worse, but he changed. <laughs> I don't know if it's arguably worse. I would say it's arguably better, but we'll talk about it. It's better in terms of body count, worse in terms of dealing with it. Actually, probably about the same in terms of dealing with it. Mm -hmm. Less vampire-y. Yes, less vampire -y. Let's say that. It's psychologically harmful to himself. Yeah. Then we go over to the cemetery. It's the morning. Elena is walking to the mausoleum, and she's narrating, and she seems uncharacteristically happy. This will prove to be a red flag. Yeah. <laughs> she says, today was a good day. 
Summer is officially over and I couldn't be more thrilled. We love to start a season with Elena doing a uh, catch up, but she does not say Dear Diary this time. Yeah, that's an excellent, excellent flag because we have come to expect something like this at the beginning of the season. And usually she's writing in her diary, but today she's doing something much more nefarious. Yeah. She says, sophomore year. I guess this is the year you're supposed to pick a major and start carving out a path in life. You're really supposed to do that your freshman year. College ain't cheap. And also, you know, not for nothing, I don't want to like belittle your immortal life. You don't have to pick a major at all. You don't have to carve out a path at all. You can do whatever you want this time and do it again in 20 years. Like, And yeah, arguably, this is probably a good way to distract yourself from the shit you have going on. But it turns out you actually didn't want to be distracted from it. You wanted to be deeply involved in it. So not our most skilled coper. A lot of interesting calls coming from Elena this week. Yeah. (laughs) In the mausoleum, she's lighting candles and she continues to narrate. She says, so that's what I did. You are looking at the future Dr. Elena Gilbert. Boo. I think at one point you predicted she was going to be a doctor. I did predict it. And I also, I have seen like enough that I knew this was coming in a way. That at least she was going to try to be a doctor or go to med. I don't know. Go to med school is a weird thing to say. But, you know, something like that. Yeah, exactly. There was a point in the early seasons where she was like, I want to be a writer, which is why she liked her journal. And now she's like, you know what? You know what? After I saw just the fantastic legacy that my father left behind with Augustine, I'm going to follow in his footsteps. Yeah. She said, you know what? I'm going to course correct the Gilbert family name here. <laughs> we'll see how she does. Uh, we go over to the hospital. She and a bunch of other people are in polos and it's clearly meant to look like, you know, interns at a hospital, but obviously they can't do that because no one does that as a sophomore in college. So the polos are like implying that they're lower status. They're volunteers. So I think we're meant to believe it's like a modified candy striper. Yeah. But as we can see, they all have a little bit of a superiority complex. (laughs) Welcome to pre-med. Yeah. Welcome to (laughs) pre-med. There's a doctor in front of the group. It is Joe. We don't know her name now, but we will learn it later. Uh, For now, she is just the doctor who's advising the volunteers. Joe says, pop quiz. Mr. Weatherly complains of chest pain and shortness of breath. Can anyone tell me what tests we run? Some boy in the group raises his hand. We don't know his name. Who knows if we ever will. He's got some eyebrows and a chiseled face, so I think we'll be back to him. Yeah, you think we're going to learn about him more eventually? Yeah, I, th- I think we're going to return to that guy. He's a little bit too handsome for an extra. <laughs> they got to give Elena somebody, I fear. <laughs> I have to ask you, just in- on the off chance that we do learn his name, what do you think this guy's name is? You know, I was going to say Joey, but we just had a hot Joey, so I don't <laughs> think it's him. See, I, I have to pick something kind of crazy. You know, I'm going to go a little classic white boy. I'm going to go Austin. That's actually not a bad guess. I'm getting a vibe. <laughs> I mean, he is giving Austin. Yeah. He is giving like... um Grant, something like that. Yeah, he's giving rich white boy. Yeah. He's giving, I went to a prep school on the East Coast. I think I'm better than you. Rich white boy, but richer and whiter than Tyler Lockwood. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Maybe new money rich white boy. Cape Cod. Yeah, Cape Cod white boy. Northeastern rich white boy. Yeah. But Joe doesn't want to call on this guy because he gives her that weird vibe. Because she's like, that guy's definitely from Cape Cod. <laughs> yeah. So instead she says Gilbert. And Elena says, um, a pulmonary angiogram provides a clear picture of the blood flow in the arteries and lungs, which is what we look for in a pulmonary embolism, a condition in which Mr. Weatherly's sim- symptoms are common. Okay, Dr. Sean Murphy. 
literally go off go off the good doctor it's it's so silly now look i'm not a doctor i have good friends who are doctors i still am going to make fun of people who are pre-med or doctors because it's kind of a silly career in some ways if you're a doctor caring for me disregard that <laughs> if you're a doctor caring for me you're so brave you're so brave and you have i love you so much and you're the smartest person i've ever met shortness of breath and chest pain you don't have to jump right to pulmonary embolism <laughs> Like, don't get me wrong, it's possible, but there are some other options there. Can you imagine if Joe was like, first you ask if he's insured, and if he's not, kick him to the curb. <laughs> and if he's not, we have a gun. <laughs> a little healthcare policy. Joe says, good, someone's read ahead. Remember that, you'll need it in three years. Here's the bedpan you need to know about today. <laughs> Moving on. Like, So she skipped over the guy who raised his hand. Cold called on her. She got it right and proved she read ahead. And the big reward is she gets to be in charge of the bedpan for this room. That's a power move. That's how you make the volunteers respect you. (laughs) And this is why you could not pay me to go to med school. Because even if I'm smart, my reward is the bedpan and I get to work in a hospital. Absolutely not. I think not. Healthcare workers, you are so brave. I mean, good for y'all. I mean, we make fun of doctors. I want to make it clear. I'm not making fun of nurses. Yeah. Nurses rock. Double the work for half the pay. PAs love you. Doctors can be uh, doctors can be something else. The boy who raised his hand turns to Elena and says, "I was impressed." And she says, "Thanks." I will say for a second when she called when she said Gilbert after he raised his hand, I was like, "His name is Gilbert." <laughs> like I, I had the thought of like, "Really? That's an interesting choice." But okay. obviously not. <laughs> we go back over to the mausoleum. Elena narrates. She says, okay, so maybe I spent the day observing, but at least now we have unlimited access to blood bags. And trust me, we need all the help we can get. Some of us are still getting the hang of the drinking other people's blood thing. I do love this as though there was a limit to the blood bags they could get. Like they were stealing them anyway. Yeah. You just need to steal them from a new hospital now. It doesn't really change matters. You don't really have to be a volunteer to do it. Yeah. I think I could steal a blood bag if I had to, especially if I could compel people and run fast. Yeah, if I could compel people, I could easily steal a blood bag. (laughs) As she's narrating this, she's pouring some herbs in like a, what's it called? Like a mortar and pestle. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. She's pouring some herbs in that and she's crushing them. We go over to a classroom at Whitmore where Alaric is pouring a blood bag into his coffee cup. He's the king of putting his blood bags in other cups, which actually I so admire. More of them should do this. I love when people put them in other cups. I think it's funny. We go back to when... Isabella Catherine, I can't remember which one actually did this, like filled an empty bottle of wine with blood. Iconic. And then like corked it. She was so icon for that. I think it was Isabel. It was all style points. Elena comes in and Alaric says, hey, do you want some? And she says, no, I had some on the way over. And he says, you know, this will never not be weird. Alaric says, what, that some ancient witch turned me into a vampire that four months ago I rose from the dead. And she says that you're my college professor. Yeah, because he just like disappeared from the class he was teaching at the high school. And like, no one said like he died. Well, and also he can't even go back to the high school because of the anti-magic border. Yeah. So he's he's like, I guess I'll be a college professor. It's better for his lifestyle anyway. Yeah, this is much more his style. Made a lot more sense. Yeah, Elena narrates, in Alaric's defense, he couldn't exactly compel himself a job back at the high school. I do love that, you know what? I love when a teen drama says, is it kind of silly that he went from their teacher to their professor? Yes, but that's what's happening. So so deal. Yeah. They're like, you guys liked him as the teacher. We're just going to replicate that again. 
And you know what? I'm glad. I, I like this much better than if they had made him do anything else. If they hadn't given him a job. Yeah. If they made him just like hang out at college. Yeah, that would be weird. This is iconic. <laughs> then we go over to the town square of Mystic Falls. The grill has a banner. It says reopening coming soon. Because as we'll remember, it was famously blown up last week. Thanks to Damon and Elena. <laughs> Elena narrates, no, the high school, the grill, the town square. Thanks to the Traveler's anti-magic spell, everything in Mystic Falls is still off limits to anyone with fangs. A lot of us haven't been back home in months. On the plus side, the crime rate is way down. We can see in the town square, children are running through the sprinklers. Everyone's laughing. The sun is shining. It's like, okay, doesn't have to look so happy. It's like, damn. It's really society if Elena Gilbert didn't live here. Society of Elena Gilbert died the first time she went off Wickery Bridge. <laughs> um, but there's something else going on in the town square. There's a group of all white men and like one white woman. So, you know, read into it. <laughs> They're all like boxing each other in like matching t-shirts. See, and so my first thought is I'm like, oh, Matt Donovan better not be in the police academy. And then it became clear that wasn't necessarily the case. So it was like, oh, maybe they're just doing like a boot camp class. Uh, and then he found the most embarrassing version of that. Yeah, it's the most embarrassing parts of a boot camp class and the police academy, which yeah. is an unregulated crime fighting squad that is all volunteer. You guys aren't even being paid. You know, starting a crime fighting squad at record low crime rates is not something I personally would do, but it's just, it's iconic kind because of, first of all, who asked? No one. I mean... Just go on a run yourself. We'll discuss Trip at length, I believe, as well. <laughs> we'll do that closer to the end of the episode once Trip really gets his audacity with the sheriff. Yeah. Elena narrates, although I'm not sure Matt got the memo. In the boxing ring, Matt overpowers his opponent. And by the boxing ring, I mean the sidewalk. <laughs> and Trip says, good move, Donovan, proving once again that self-defense is the best offense. Interesting comment. I think actually the best offense is offense. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's why they call it offense. Yeah. Elena narrates and says, I will say, though, he's never been better. I think he can bench press more than Jeremy now, which is beyond freaky. We don't see him lift a single weight, so I'm sorry I don't buy that. Well, and he's doing so good. Girl, you haven't seen him in months. Yeah, prove it. We go over to the Lockwood house. Matt arrives home from his silly little class, and... <laughs> Jeremy is just making out with a random girl. At first, you thought it was Liv. Nope, just some random. I was thinking, I was like, oh, I get my Liv and Jeremy. And it's just this, this whore. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's, I'm sure she's a very lovely girl. <laughs> Matt rolls his eyes. Elena narrates, speaking of Jeremy. Actually, you know what? Let's not talk about Jeremy. Let's talk about Stefan. Me. <laughs> uh, we go over to a mechanic, like an auto repair shop in an as yet unnamed town. We'll figure out where Stefan is eventually, but for now... Oh, should I guess? Oh, yeah, let's guess. Why not? Where do you think Stefan went to? I get the vibe that he's in one of the Carolinas. Okay. Do you want to name a city? Just for fun. Um, Durham. Sure. Okay. I just, I feel like for some, it's giving me Carolina vibes. I see that. I mean, I think he's in the South somewhere in general. It is giving me Southern vibes. It is giving, he didn't go that far. Yeah. Because as much as he thinks he wants to move on, you know. Let's grow the fuck up. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest here, Stefan. Let's be honest here. <laughs> Stefan is fixing a car. 
And Elena narrates, last I heard, he was chasing some lead to some witch that could contact the dead. And at this point, it kind of looks like he could be chasing a lead. Like he's just undercover in a mechanic shop. Yeah, he's just trying to get in touch with someone. His boss calls out. His boss's name is Dean. I don't think we're going to bother looking at Dean's IMDb. I don't think we should. Not to, you know, spoil that Dean's not going to be a major character. I mean, I was shocked Dean didn't die in this episode, given what he gave Stefan. Yeah. Dean says, get your ass in here. It's payday. So Stefan goes to get his check. Elena narrates, you know, we haven't spoken in months, which can only mean that his search for answers to what happened has been all consuming. There could be another meaning. It can mean some other stuff. (laughs) Then we go over to the mausoleum again. Elena lights another candle and she narrates, he's grieving. He lost so much. We all did, but we're all getting through it in our own way. I would say almost none of you are actively getting through it. I will say you're all doing things your own way. Yeah, that part is true. Mm -hmm. You got that one. Then we go to the border of Mystic Falls. Caroline is on the phone with Elena and she says, I dropped out of Whitmore. Why would I support their stupid football team? And Elena says, it's the opening game, Caroline. It's time to come home. And Caroline says, I am home. I just signed the lease to my new apartment. And Elena says, on the border of a town that doesn't want you. That's not home. That's sad. Caroline says, you don't even like football. And Elena says, no, but I do like drinking in the parking lot beforehand. Lots of great arguments being made back and forth. For and against going to a football game. Slay for Caroline. She said, you know what? I did my freshman experience. That's enough college for me. Yeah, I think I got it. (laughs) Tyler walks up to Elena into the phone. He says, Caroline, you're coming. And Caroline says, you know what, Tyler? You don't have any ground to stand on because you skipped an entire year. And he says, yeah, and you hounded me for an entire year. No, she hounded you a little bit and then you abandoned her. Yeah, she hounded you for about three months until you finally got the balls to break up with her. Bitch ass. But, you know, bygones. Tyler says, now here I am. Get your ass back here. Behind Tyler, Elena can see Luke, and Luke holds up like a little tiny manila envelope of stuff, and Elena shakes her head. It's giving drugs for sure. Yeah. Clear parallel to a drug dealer here. Yeah. Elena says, Caroline, picking you up at your house at 6 p.m. sharp tomorrow, okay? Bring your school spirit. Bye. She hangs up. This is the beginning of her strong-arming her way into meeting up with people. Yeah. Caroline turns back to her mom because they're having a picnic on the town border. Mm-hmm. Caroline says, anyway... As I was saying, I haven't exactly found a spell that can undo an anti-magic border per se, but this book mentions travelers, which isn't that helpful, but at least it puts us a step in the right direction. I do want to ask, A, do you think they'll get rid of the anti-magic border? B, when, and C, how? Uh, Yes, they will. Mm -hmm. When, I mean, I think I'm conflicted because part of me thinks that Bonnie and Damon will come back before they do that, but part of me doesn't want to get my hopes too high for that. I think like halfway through the season. Okay. That might be a little long. I think it might be shorter than that, but hard to say. And then how some other spell, either with Bonnie coming back and maybe being a witch again, or Liv and Luke, or Liv and Luke's coven who we didn't get a ton of mention of in this episode, but I'm still keeping them front of mind. I think that's a fair reaction to have. Chosen their coven? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I don't think that. I want to make that clear. <laughs> just any new character at this point, they're like, coven. Trip is the leader of their coven. <laughs> he can't even lead the volunteer squad of losers. He definitely isn't leading the coven. <laughs> 
Liz says, you know, sweetheart, you should go with them to the football game tomorrow. And Caroline says, no, we're going to go see a movie. And Liz says, Caroline, we have spent the entire summer together. Caroline says, oh my God, you're sick of me. Liz says, Caroline, you just lost one of your best friends. It makes sense that you'd want to hold on to what's familiar, but Elena lost her too, and she clearly misses you. And Caroline says, no, Elena has clearly taken up residency on Planet Denial, where football is more important than her boyfriend being swept away into oblivion. Do you know she's barely cried for him? She was a full-on wreck over Bonnie for months, but every time I mention Damon, it's like nothing ever happened. Great thing to be suspicious of, Caroline. Mm-hmm. You really got her there. Liz says, Caroline, you know, Elena has experienced more grief than anyone I've ever met. You should cut her some slack. Liz gets a text and is like, oh, I, I kind of got to go. And Caroline says, oh, what, someone trample over Mrs. Davis's flowers bed again? And Liz says, two kids were admitted to the hospital with suspicious neck wounds. And Caroline says, what? Vampire attacks? Vampires can't get into Mystic Falls. And Liz says, no, but they can lurk around borders. I got to cut lunch short. I got to take care of this. Consider Elena's offer, okay? Mystic Falls isn't going anywhere. Liz is like, now I have to deal with vampires again? I was having fun just arresting kids for drinking. This was easier. Liz gets up to go and Caroline says, oh, don't forget your basket. And her arm briefly crosses the border and starts to burn. Great way to be able to check since it's just... Is the ring working or not? Yeah. Don't have to die to figure it out. (laughs) Elena narrates, she doesn't want to let go. I get it. At the mausoleum. She shows us just why she does get it. Yeah. Elena pours something in the herbs and she drinks it. And she narrates, I don't want to let go either. I don't want to think that everything's changed and that I have to start over. That the worst thing that could possibly happen actually did. And then we go outside the mausoleum where she's sitting on a bench and she says, but I don't have to. Anyway, that was my day. How was yours? And we turn and Damon is there. So yay, he's alive, except no. I And I didn't believe he was alive for a second. I thought for a second, I thought these herbs maybe let her communicate with him on the other side, yeah. even though he's not on the other side, but wherever he is. But then I was like, no, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So I was like, oh, she's imagining this pretty quickly. It is giving very much like she's definitely taking a hallucinatory drug. <laughs> yeah. Hallucinogenic. Oh. Hallucinatory. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> Damon says, can we go back to the part where Rick came back to life to be a college professor? Elena laughs. He puts her arm around her. They hold each other. It's a very sweet moment, but we all know it is fake. <laughs> yeah, we all know this is a super bad thing. <laughs> we go into class where Alaric says occult. So we know that not only is he a college professor, he is the new occult studies professor. I mean, the spot was open. They needed an occult studies professor. Apparently it's a huge major because look how big this class is. Well, and Elena, I thought you were picking your major and moving towards your future. What the fuck are you doing in this class? I mean, I guess you got to take an elective, but still. This cannot be a pre-med requirement. (laughs) Unless Meredith Fell is designing the curriculum. Alaric says occult. The word in its literal translation means hidden. Therefore, the study of the occult is the study of hidden knowledge. Okay. Somebody looked at Wikipedia before his first class. Someone got a Webster's Dictionary. <laughs> he says, today we're going to discuss it as it relates to resurrection. Liv laughs out loud. Because she's like, okay, it, does he always design his lesson plan around what's going on with y'all? And they say, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> he said, yeah, that's his whole thing. Alaric says, is there something funny, Liv? She says, more like ironic, but okay. Imagine you're just in this class and you're like, what is she talking about? I'd be like, what is her deal? Tyler arrives. 
Analog says, oh, Mr. Lockwood, how generous of the practice squad to lend you to us. And Tyler says, sorry, I'm late. So he's not even on the football team. He's on the practice squad. You might as well be the little foam guy they run up and push. Yeah. Alaric says, typically, not all occult groups held a consensus on the topic. He goes on to talk about different groups. But while we do that, we check in with Tyler and Liv. They're sitting down next to each other. They, like, kind of fight over the desk. He, like, looks at her book. She shoves him. He says, sorry, princess, just trying to check what page we're on. And she says, I'm trying to listen. And then Liv magically flips Tyler's book to the correct page. So this immediately is giving us flirty vibes. I mean, I oh, think yeah. anybody could see that. What's your reaction to the Liv and Tyler couple? Oh, it's a, it's a big thumbs down for me. <laughs> you watch it and you're like, huh, okay. <laughs> like, I would sooner pair her with just about anyone else. You know, I don't really have a pair for him, but I don't really think he's the type that needs a pair um, at the moment. I mean, obviously, you know, I've been a Jiv truther, obviously. Yeah. But I'm not even like sad about that. Like, it's not like I was attached to that. But this is just like, okay, how did you guys even start talking to each other? I would literally sooner pair up Tyler with Luke than Liv. Honestly. They're doing an enemies to lovers thing here. I will say, though, these two do have chemistry. But I think Michael Trevino could have chemistry with a piece of yarn. Like, I don't think it's like, I don't think them having chemistry is enough for me to support it. Yeah, because they are definitely giving the vibe of like, oh, these two have hooked up at this point. Yeah. Like, which we don't really get confirmed or anything, but it is definitely like giving the tension in the right way chemistry wise. But it is like a weird couple because it does sort of come out of left field. There's a couple things in the end of season five where he like mentions she's pretty. Yeah, but, you know, you wouldn't think that would be enough to couple them up, but... I would literally, I would sooner pair Liv with Alaric, even though the age difference is obviously off. Yes. But at least I would get the vibe a little bit. Like, again, they have chemistry. That's not the problem. It just doesn't make sense why they would ever talk to each other. Like, the only realistic storyline is they, like, got drunk at a party and hooked up. I would believe that. Yeah. But I wouldn't believe that they liked each other at all yeah they have any desire to speak to each other on either end on either end because tyler he's not the smartest man in the world yeah he's got you know his own thing going on he's a very nice boy but he's not very smart liv is also not very smart but she's also like she thinks she's very smart and she talks in a way that i do not think tyler would want to listen to her yeah because they give her those stupid ass lines like, I feel like what they're trying to do with her is, like, Peyton from One Tree Hill. Yes. Cat from 10 Things I Hate About You. Where it's a little, like, it's not pick me, but it's, like, grungy, alternative, like, I don't need men, whatever. And, like, they do this on teen dramas where it's, like, a girl like that gets paired with, like, a jock. So it's like, oh, look, they're actually in love. But Tyler's not enough of a jock for that to make sense because, again, he's on the practice squad of his college's football team. Well, and... At Tyler's core, and this is clearly the arc we're focusing on right now with him, he's got severe anger management issues. Yeah. Like, any time he's paired up with a girl, it is like, that's something we're going to have to address. It was a big problem with him and Vicky. It wasn't so much a problem by the time he was dating Caroline for various reasons. But at this point, it's like, I can't in good faith ship her with the guy who almost beat up her brother for no reason. Yeah. Without even asking her brother's side of the story. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we had a lot of Tyler development when he became a werewolf, had to deal with that, became a hybrid, 
had to unsign himself, blah, blah, blah. Learned a lot about himself. And now we're just going back to like beginning of season two, Tyler, where he's like, I'm angry all the time. And I don't know why. At least this time he knows why. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like that's enough to stop him from probably triggering the curse within a few episodes. Yeah, he does talk about how he's like, they mentioned the werewolf curse too many times for us to not be aware of its impending triggering. And it's funny because the last time it got triggered, Catherine had to really set it up for some time. It seems as though he's going to be just fine on his own. The thing about the werewolf curse that was always funny to me the first time around is they were like, oh, you can't kill anyone. You can't kill anyone. I'm sorry. It can't be that hard to just not kill someone, especially like it's one thing if you don't know about the curse and like, you know, Mason got tricked into it, whatever. But if you know about it, just don't kill anyone. Well, yeah. And like it was also one thing with Haley, who, you know, was drunk driving a boat and someone died like that's a teenage mistake. Still, I do think it's pretty easy to not kill someone, even as a teenager, yeah. if you're drinking. But let's not unpack that. It's a pretty massive teenage mistake. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but it is like, if you know about the curse, and you know you have anger issues, it seems like something you could pretty easily get ahead of. Like, I haven't found it that difficult to not kill someone. And I'm not even like trying that hard not to kill someone. I just don't want to deal with the drama of it all. <laughs> yeah. And I don't have anger management issues, but I've just, in my life, I've never been in a situation where I was like, oh, I almost killed someone. I, I think it's pretty easy to avoid. Certainly. Anyway, but we're, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. <laughs> Either way, not supportive of the Tyler Live coupling at this moment. No. Alaric is talking more about resurrection, blah, blah, blah. He says the Gnostics held the firm belief that resurrection only existed in a spiritual sense. Um, Elena's hiding behind a folder. So Alaric turns to the board and he says quietly, so only Elena can hear him because it's for vampire hearing only. He says, Elena, you know, I can smell that, right? Because she has literally a soda cup full of blood. It's like a fucking big gulp, <laughs> which is is Slay in a way. It's like if she had like a Stanley cup. Yeah. In 2023, like a Stanley cup full of blood. If the Vampire Diaries was on in 2023, Elena would still have a Stanley cup full of blood, which would be a Slay. I'm not even going to lie. Alaric says, I am teaching a class full of kids who all look like blood sausages to me. Now put that away. She says, sorry. The folder in front of her, as though that's not super suspicious. If I was in that class, why do you have a folder up? <laughs> We're in college. I think you can drink a soda in here. Alaric says, whereas others like the early church fathers, and we leave because we're not taking an occult studies class. We're watching an episode of The Vampire Diaries. We go out to the hallway. Elena calls out for Luke. And Luke says, oh, actually, like, I got to run. And Elena says, no, no, I'll be quick. And he says, that's not really the issue. He said, I don't, really don't want to do this anymore. Uh, she says, listen, so I have just been, you know, like really thirsty lately. Do you think it's because of the, um, you know, and he says, are you asking me if there are side effects to the ancient psychotropic herbs I've been giving you? Because there haven't exactly been clinical trials. Yeah. He's like, I mean, you asked for hallucinogenic herbs. Like, did you think it was going to just be like chill? Yeah, I'm guessing there's a side effect. She says, obviously, I was just wondering if you could, like, add something to the next batch. He says, you know, or maybe there shouldn't be a next batch. She says, why would you say that? <laughs> she says, what do you mean? <laughs> she says, Luke, <laughs> it was your idea that I see him again, remember? 
you were all, hey, Elena, sorry I wronged you. Sorry, I'm the reason your boyfriend is dead, remember? Oversimplification. Yeah, it's a major oversimplification of what happened. We can talk more about that later once Liv talks about it because she really hits the point that we would hit. Luke says, and I am sorry, something I made clear when I made Alaric his daylight bracelet because you asked. And when I went against my coven's rules to get these herbs because you asked, but it's time to return to reality. And Elena says, mm-hmm, I won't be doing that. Elena says, I'm not really interested in that today. Thank you, though. <laughs> she says, I'm fine. OK, I promise. Just come by my place at five. OK, thank you. And then she leaves. <laughs> we go back over to the auto shop where Stefan works. And Stefan says, hey, Dean, I think a zero might have fallen off my paycheck. And Dean says, yeah, I had to dock you $200. Dan Zimmer said you put a ding on the hood of his Shelby. That took a whole zero off your paycheck. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> um, Stefan says, Dan's wife put a ding on the hood of his Shelby. And Dean says, that's funny. Sounds like you're calling my best customer a liar. Maybe I am. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he is. <laughs> Stefan says, you're ripping me off. And Dean says, what are you going to do about it, kid? Going to quit, run off to wherever you came from? And Stefan kind of backs down. He says, that's what I thought. It's clear here what Stefan is doing is trying to live a normal life that is not vampire related. Because why the fuck would he not just compel this guy to pay him? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. Why work a job at all? But that's a whole nother thing. Yeah, that's <laughs> whatever happened to that logging fortune of yours. <laughs> yeah. It's not like Damon's using it. Yeah. Stefan gets a call from Alaric. And Alaric says, hey, just checking in to see if your contact panned out yet. Stefan says, I'm still working on it. He smiles at a girl who's smiling at him. We'll meet her later. And at this point, it's like, oh, maybe she's his contact. No. We're like, oh, great. A witch. <laughs> nope. Just a girl. Alaric says, keep me posted. Let me know how it goes. Stefan hangs up. We go over to some diner. We haven't seen this place before. A new diner. Don't know what it's called. I don't think it has a name. Unlike Skullbur. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see, won't we? I know. <laughs> Caroline meets up with Alaric. She has a stack of books. And he says, you already read all that? And she says, cover to cover, with no mention of how to undo an anti-magic force field. And if I'm going to single-handedly take back our town, I'm going to need a little more to go on. Because at least she's fucking doing something. Her and Alaric are like the two people in this town making themselves useful. Yeah. Alaric says, okay, well, I brought Ancient Witchcraft Volume 2. And she says, I read it. And he says, how about the art of hexing and elements of magic? And she says, fine. Thanks. And then she's sitting there and she says, so, how's Stefan? Subtle, Caroline. And Alaric says, he's okay. And she says, how often do you talk to him? And he says, I don't know, a couple times a week. She says, oh. And he says, okay, I'm going to go out on a limb here, Caroline. Is something bothering you? And she says, he didn't say goodbye. I mean, Damon and Bonnie died and he just left. No phone calls, no emails, just disappeared into thin air. I haven't heard from him in months. I actually convinced myself that he was in some remote mountain region and couldn't accept my calls. Because he knows that Caroline will see right through him that he's given up and call him on it. Yeah. He's happy to pretend for other people on the phone, but he's not getting caught. Mm-hmm. Alaric says, maybe he just doesn't want to bother you with every half lead that goes nowhere. And Caroline says, or maybe I just need to get over it. Thanks for the books. And then she goes. Goes to save the whole town by herself. Since ain't nobody want to help her. Then speaking of useless people, we go over to the Lockwood house. <laughs> Matt is on the phone with Elena. And Elena says, why isn't Jeremy answering his phone? And Matt says, I don't know. He's probably doing homework or something. We can hear the video game in the background. <laughs> Elena says, doing homework? Put me on speaker, please. Matt does put her on speaker with the video game. He knows what he's snitching on. Let's not forget this is Matt's house at the end of the day. And Jeremy is really just like, 
treating it like shit. He's trashing it. Again, go stay at the Salvatore house. No one's there. <laughs> they have free alcohol. They have much nicer alcohol than I'm sure the Lockwood house has. Yeah. Because I know, I know Mr. Lockwood. I know he's a Grey Goose man. Oh, yeah. It's all Grey Goose and fucking Don Julio down there. And I know Carol Lockwood was a Grey Goose woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that bitch loved a vodka. Rest in peace, queen. And her wine cellar, it's all Chardonnay. It's, it's all Chardonnay. It's all Chardonnay. Elena on speaker says, Jeremy, I know you can hear me. Get your butt off that couch and do something productive. It, it, which is rich coming from her. <laughs> Not that Jeremy knows that. Jeremy brings up a good point. He says, what are you going to do? Come here and make me? <laughs> Can't argue with that. Elena says, or I'll have the sheriff arrest you and drag you to the town border where I will kick your ass myself. She says, Matt, a little help, please. And Matt just says, I'll deal with it. And she says, thanks. They hang up. Matt's like, so now I have to like be this kid's parent. So now I'm a babysitter. Matt says, so this is it, huh? Video games, random girls, drunk by noon every day. Look, it sucks that Bonnie died, Jeremy. I get it. But you need to start living your life again. And Jeremy says, how? By joining the community protection squad? Now he got him there. That is stupid. I hope that name was a joke. You would like to believe that that name is like a roast of what it is. But I think that's fully the name. Yeah, that I'm just going to tell you that is the name. Okay. Again, we have to draw the parallel to the fucking red circle yeah. on Riverdale, which I honestly don't know which of them is worse. But at least on Riverdale, there were things to fight. <laughs> like, I mean, at least Archie was actually defending Riverdale from something. It's As far as we've seen this community protection squad do, they just run. It's mostly just a run club. Yeah. <laughs> which is fine, but like, call it that. Yeah, with, like, T-shirts that are clearly meant to look like Police Academy T-shirts. Like, they're clearly a knockoff of police shirts. They want people in town to be confused and think they're cops. And I'm getting ahead of myself, but the one time they actually have someone to save, only Matt goes after her. Yeah. But whatever, we'll get to that. Yeah. Jeremy goes in on the community protection squad as well, and he's right for this. He says, what exactly are you protecting us from? Bike theft? Litter? And Matt says, Yes. <laughs> Matt says, actually, have you know that bike theft has gone down considerably? <laughs> Jeremy says, magic doesn't work here. The town's safe. And Matt says, for now. But Caroline's working on a way to reverse all that. So it's only a matter of time before we're dealing with all the problems that come along with vampires again. You're a hunter. You have skills. Use them. And this is particularly interesting. We see this more with Sarah later. But Matt is, I mean, if you hated Matt up to this point, we go lower now he gets so like anti-vampire in a like i'm better than all these people way which is annoying but like what's interesting about this is i get his desire to keep the town safe and to like fight back against vampires because in some ways vampires have ruined many aspects of his life Mm -hmm. um i want to be fair to him on that but obviously he's not willing to betray the people he loves because as soon as he is confronted with a real world situation a girl who was attacked by a vampire even though he doesn't know who attacked her if it was one of his friends or not he immediately lies yeah pick a side i think at one point i guessed matt would somehow become a cop you did guess that at one point so you know what when he gives that energy he gives the energy because i understand you want to keep the town safe but more often than not the people keeping the town safe are the vampires and yes they're keeping them safe from enemies that they draw in but the town is called mystic falls i can't overstate that Yes, I do have to, at the end of the day, agree with that. If you want to live in a town that isn't overrun by vampires, 
try like Jacksonville, Florida. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> try to not live in Magicville. Yeah, literally. Like, come on. <laughs> Jeremy says, no more magic means I'm not a hunter anymore. He opens a beer. And Matt says, yeah, you're right, Jeremy. You're not much of anything anymore. I mean, I guess that's a serve. But does it look like Jeremy wants to be anything? Yeah, number one, Jeremy seems perfectly fine and happy. But number two, Matt, what exactly are you? Again, you're in a volunteer community protection squad. Are you even a bus boy anymore? I was going to say, I'm not sure he's a buster anymore even. Well, he can't be because I guess the grill is closed. Yeah, that's true. And no one else hired him. Yeah, of course not. That's why he has to be a volunteer community protection squad guy. And I'm sorry, I mean, I'm going in on this protection squad thing yeah. for obvious reasons and for good reason. But why not just become a deputy? Right. I'm sure it's because I don't want to be put in the cover, blah, 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 blah. At least you would get paid. That is what's unclear about, I mean, Matt specifically, but also is Trip like Bird from the police academy or something? <laughs> is he banned? Does he have some like disqualifying thing? This random guy just started this in Mystic Falls. He's not, he, he's not a guy we even know from around Mystic Falls. It sounds like you just want to beat people up. As far as we know, he was never on the Founders Council. Like, yeah. it was, you know, say what you will about the Founders Council, but they did keep the real losers off it. Now, granted, they let a lot of losers in as well. Well, uh, granted, they did let in a loser who ended up, you know, blowing them all up. <laughs> so that was so that one was a that one was a misread. And and Trip is like, well, I wouldn't have done that. And it's like, well, who are you talking to? They're all dead, buddy. Yeah. We go back over to Whitmore. Luke opens his dorm room door to Elena. And she says, hey, you're home. I thought you were coming over at five. And he says, I know you did. He says, yeah, I don't know why you thought that, because I never said I was going to. (laughs) He says, look, Elena, I can't help you anymore. And she says, (laughs) is it because I told you I was thirsty? It's fine. I can get more at the blood bank. Like, I work at the clinic. Like, I work there. It's easy. It's like the issue with you being thirsty isn't, like, that you can drink as much blood as you want. Like. You shouldn't want that much blood. The issue is that you have to drink that much blood. Mm -hmm. Luke says, Elena, you're going through this stuff like crazy. I'm not a drug pusher. And Elena says, no, you're my friend. Elena lets herself in to start looking for the drugs herself. She says, my friend, in spite of the fact that my boyfriend got stuck on the other side because you decided to stop the spell that could bring him back. Again, massive oversimplification. Because I would say the real culprit of Damien getting stuck on the other side was... He didn't have any pep in his step. Like, don't get me wrong. It would have been nice if the spell kept going so he could take his sweet little time walking back. But Luke was protecting his twin sister. Yeah. I mean, they don't say this as much, but they literally killed Luke to get Liv to do the spell. Mm -hmm. So I'm sorry, but the fact that he let as many of you through as he did before he stopped Liv, you should be thanking them. Especially because, Elena, you chose to get in that car for no fucking reason besides drama, which, let's remember, slowed y'all down two minutes. Two minutes that would have given Damon the time to get there, but... Yes, and again, I mean, not to harp on the stupidities of their plans, but I think it could have been wise, since they were wasting time at the car at the border anyway, for both of them to say, let's buckle our seatbelts so we know for sure where our bodies end up. Yeah. Whatever, but no, Elena wants to blame Luke because it's easier than blaming Damon or herself. She can't blame Damon because then she's just blaming her subconscious. And that's a dark, dark rabbit hole to fall down, which she is falling down already, to be sure. Yeah, she doesn't need to be falling even further down that rabbit hole. She doesn't need to give herself a push. Yeah. (laughs) 
She says, you're my friend that owes me. And Luke says, no, I am a friend that cares about you and thinks that you're living in denial. Elena says, I know you have more. It's like, okay, so you're going to ignore the denial comment completely. Just like someone in denial would. (laughs) Um, And he says, Elena, stop. And she says, where is it? He says, look at you. And she says, where is it? She flashes her fangs and her veins and she like vampire runs and grabs him. And she says, I need to see Damon Luke and I'm not asking. So she's doing good. Yeah. And this does work because we go out to the road and Elena is driving with Damon. So she decided, you know what? Let's take these hallucinogenic drugs and go into psychosis while I'm operating heavy machinery. Yeah, that's a great idea. (laughs) She is begging to get another car crash. Yeah. She misses the sweet, sweet crunch of metal. Yeah. (laughs) Elena says, I kind of want to set up Rick with Joe from the hospital. I mean, we both know he has a soft spot for the sexy doctor type. Do you think this is going to be a couple, Joe and Alaric? I do think so. Elena says, how long do you think it takes after somebody comes back to life before they can start dating again? And Damon says, the fact that you can say that with a straight face is one more reason that I love you. She says, so like three months? He says, hey, can I ask why there's not a Bennett witch in the back? I mean, can't Luke whip up a batch of herbs and Bonnie flavor? So this is where her subconsciously created Damon starts to question her, which doesn't go super well. It does make you wonder if Luke did something to this batch. (laughs) I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it a little worse. I'm going to put a little bit of malice in this one. (laughs) Elena tries to laugh it off. Um, She says, you know, if I wanted to drive around with everyone I've lost, I'd need a school bus. (laughs) But her subconscious doesn't want to give her a break. Her subconscious is like, you know, that's not what I'm asking about. Yeah. So Damon says, you just know that Bonnie would agree with Luke. And the last thing you want to do is conjure up someone who's going to tell you the truth. She says, okay, can we not talk about this? And he says, about what? The fact that I'm dead because I am. And she says, uh, uh, uh." says, shut up, shut up, shut up. She says, technically, um, you were dead when we met. And he says, yeah, good point. But now I'm just gone. She says, don't say that. Absolutely (laughs) devastating. Yeah, he says, And this conversation is pretty much the smart level headed you talking to the irrational drug addict you, which is clear evidence of your insanity. Even her fucking subconscious is like, girl, I'm your subconscious. And I got to say, what the hell? (laughs) But she says, okay. And then she turns up the music. Her powers of denial are so strong. Yeah. (laughs) We go over to a tailgate. This is actually the first time we've had a tailgate, which is very interesting Considering it's very stereotypical college activity. So I love that we're doing it. You know, we didn't really get a ton of like enough Whitmore events to even see school colors. Now we have some clear school colors. We have a team. And the Whitmore events we went to before were like the costume ball. Yeah. (laughs) The bitter ball. It's like, bring (laughs) me to a pep rally. Yeah. Tyler is drinking from a solo cup, as he do. And he runs into a guy and says, watch it, dick. But it's a lyric. So he says, oh, I'm sorry. It's like, buddy. You made it to him. Tyler says, sorry, still working out the kinks of being human. My tolerance blows. How about we try working out the kinks of common courtesy? How about just like, don't drink a shit ton immediately. Just like, warm up to it. Yeah, how about just start with a beer and then walk in a straight line? Alaric says, you know, Tyler, not to play chaperone here, but are you... And at first when he says chaperone, it seems like he's doing it in a jokey way. Turns out he's actually a chaperone. We'll unpack. (laughs) I thought that was like... Haha, remember when I used to chaperone events you went to, but no. Still doing it. Still his thing. 
He says, but are you sure someone with your anger issues should be drinking this close to a full moon? Super fair question. Tyler laughs and (laughs) says, my issues are under control. Coach lets me practice with the football team. I get to kick ass in a controlled environment. First of all, there's only so much ass kicking you can do in football. It's not like boxing. Join a boxing gym. Yeah, I was going to say, get into boxing. And let's be real, Tyler, like, you're not one of the positions that is doing the aggression. You're not a linebacker. Yeah. I can see your size. You're just, you're not doing that. Mm-hmm. And I love, good point. coach lets me practice with the team. It's like a play date. <laughs> like you're not even on the team. Like you couldn't even lie and give him a football scholarship. <laughs> Come on. Rick says, till you get plastered, do something stupid and trigger your werewolf curse all over again. So we get confirmation now that Tyler... After the events of last season, you know, going over the border, dying, coming back, he is now no longer an active werewolf. He does not have a triggered werewolf curse at this point. So I was wrong on that front. That's okay. You suspect that he may be back to his werewolf ways soon. He'll be a werewolf again in three episodes. (laughs) And you can take that to the bank. (laughs) Tyler says, chill. It's under control. Analark says, okay, good, but just in case. And then he takes his beer from him, which... Tyler knows he's angry about, but he does keep it in control. Because he understands if he melts down on this, it's going to look bad for him. And he is at a tailgate, so getting another beer won't be hard. (laughs) Alaric says, you know, I haven't been buzzed since I came back to life. And saying that aloud while sober freaks me out. He clears his throat. And then, you know, Tyler and Liv are like making eyes at each other. Yeah, she's like posing. She's doing a little pout. Alaric says, as the only sober person here... Let me tell you this, Tyler. That girl is so not into you. Thanks for the beer. And he goes. Alaric is like, that girl doesn't like you and leaves. <laughs> he's so real. Because, you know, he's been on the other side watching this shit, not being able to say stuff. He's not mincing words anymore. <laughs> we go over to Stefan's house. Ivy comes in in a bed sheet with one beer. So clearly he's hooking up with this girl. And it's like, okay, interesting way to get information. But, you know, let's see what he gets out of this. Yeah. She says, your fridge makes me want to kill myself. (laughs) We're going to have to split this. It's a beer that, by the way, has no condensation. So does the fridge not work? Because he apparently buys only a a single six pack at a time. Yeah. Stefan says, knock yourself out. She says, so do you want to grab dinner? There's that crab shack on the harbor you want to check out. He says, I would, but I told Dean I'd stop by the garage later. She says, never heard that one before. It's the classic, like, oh, I have to work late lie. But he works at a fucking mechanic shop. Like, there aren't that many long hours. Yeah, most of mechanic shops, they're like, it's five. We're done. Goodbye. See you next week when we're open. Yeah. Stefan says, no offense, Ivy, but you're the one who showed up to me today. She says, I'm not asking for your hand in marriage, Stefan. Come on. We've been hanging out for two months now. And I don't know anything about you or your family. Your friends, you never talk about call and you get all weird. She says, so we'll play a game. You tell me one thing about you and I'll tell you one thing about me. And he says, well, I already know everything about you. He's like, why is that a fun game for me? I don't want to tell you shit. And I don't get anything out of it because I don't really care that much about you either. Yeah. He runs down the list of what he knows about her. She's from Colorado. She loves dogs. Her dad is a pain in the ass, but she graciously lets him pay her rent. She says, okay, your turn. Tell me something about you. He says, I'm a vampire. They laugh. She says, you're so annoying. And he says, hey, and I like you. And he kisses her. Boo, tomato. Boo. He's just out here hooking up with the girl. 
And that's it. And let's talk about, so Ivy is one of a few new characters we meet. Ivy is played by an actress named Emily Chang. She's been on one episode of a lot of things, including like It's Always Sunny, Station 19, The Twilight Zone, Hawaii Five-O. It's really a one and done kind of girly. One episode of New Girl, one episode of How I Met Your Mother, one episode of Community. She really is like more than anyone we've ever looked at on this show, one episode of a bunch of shows. Oh, but she's also a writer. Oh, good. She wrote two episodes of The New Twilight Zone. She looks to be also a writer and producer of short films. But yeah, she doesn't do a ton. One episode of everything doesn't look great for how long she's going to be around. That's a good point. That's a good point. Unfortunately, her IMDb does give a little bit of a clue there. Her IMDb seems to suggest that she may not be with us for very long. So what's Ivy's future looking like? Do you think she and Stefan are going to fall in everlasting love? No. You know, I do think... Stefan's inches from losing it. Let's all be so serious. Yeah, we've seen we've seen Stefan in a lot better places than this. Let's just say that. Yeah. So it's not crazy that he would then take that out on Miss Ivy. Let's just say that. Do you think Stefan's going to kill her? Yeah. When do you think she's going to die? How many episodes do you think we'll be dealing with her? I think she'll be in a total of like maybe three episodes. I keep saying three, so I don't want to say three again, but... Four seems like too many and two seems like maybe not enough. So So three. The third episode of the season is going to be a slugger, apparently. (laughs) A bloodbath. (laughs) We go back over to the tailgate. Alaric puts some blood in a flask over a trash can. Why he didn't do this at home, it's unclear. Yeah. And he runs into Joe. She's got her hair down. She says, thank God, someone over 20. The rest of the chaperones are huddled around the burger bar, which is hysterical because... What kind of college tailgate has official chaperones? And you know what? I'd be at the burger bar too, bitch. It sounds good. Alaric says, and you're a vegetarian. And she says, I don't eat red meat. I look at blood all day. Because I work at the medical center, not because I'm a serial killer or anything. I'm Joe. Good to specify it, because, you know, we've had some creepers on here. I know. (laughs) Since she introduced herself, let's look at Joe's IMDb now. Joe is played by an actress named Jodie Lynn O'Keefe. She was in a Christmas movie in 2021 called Hip Hop Family Christmas. I don't know that movie, but I just thought it was funny. I didn't watch that one. (laughs) Didn't catch that one. She has not been in a lot. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, She was in one episode of Lucifer, one episode of Law and Order LA, one episode of Lost. Oh, she was on 34 episodes of Prison Break. I've never seen Prison Break. I haven't either. But let me tell you this, her character name is making me more confused about Prison Break than I've ever been. Because I have always understood Prison Break to be pretty straightforward. A show about people who break out of prison, yes? I mean, I assumed. I honestly haven't thought about it that much. Yeah, I've never given that much thought to it. But now my mind is spinning. Because her character on Prison Break had two names. The first one, normal enough. Gretchen Morgan. The second one, Susan B. Anthony. Oh. (laughs) Interesting. Now that you've brought up a bit of confusion i am suddenly thinking how many episodes can it take to break out of prison (laughs) exactly i'm now i'm now uh deep in thought i do remember thinking that when prison break was on like when it was ending i remember it went on for a long time let's see how long how many seasons is it there were 90 episodes of prison break mind you 90 episodes jesus i remember when it was ending thinking like how did they do that this long (laughs) i guess susan b anthony had something to do with it that seems to be kind of her big thing a couple other multi-episode arcs. See, and so these, like, there's enough range in time. Like, 
She had a 34 episode arc. She could get another one. She could be here for another 34 episodes. She was in She's All That. Oh. She played someone named Taylor Vaughn. I couldn't even begin to guess who that is. I'm going to guess it's one of the popular girls. This is interesting. She was a contestant on Chopped. Oh. As herself. Oh, good. It's in a Star Power episode. She competes with other actors. Two of their names I don't recognize, so I'm not going to read them all of. She competes with Alan Thicke. So she's she's booked and busy in a way. But she's been in a couple things as herself, and she has been on Entertainment Tonight. The she's all that money can't hurt. Based on what we see this episode, what do you think we've got going for us with Joe? Do you think she'll be here for a while? Do you think, like, what's her vibe you're getting? I do think she'll be here for a while. Because frankly, I do think they want to give Alaric a girl, and I don't think they're going to waste time, like, testing out a couple. I think they're just going to kind of tailor make one for him. They're not going to bring a bunch of age-appropriate women. It's the same with Meredith Fell. They said... Here, here's one. Have fun. Or with Jenna, that it's like, okay, and you guys are kind of the same age. <laughs> so I think, you know, she's fine with that. I do think, you know, there's potential we get to know her more with Elena trying to be a doctor. And Elena is just foaming at the mouth for a mother figure. Ain't that the truth? I do think that's a possibility for them. Alaric introduces himself. He says, I'm Alaric. I teach occult studies here. And she says, I didn't know that was an actual thing. Not that it's not a thing. She's trying to flirt. She's doing her best. She points at the flask and she says, may I? Mind you, he just filled this flask with blood. And she doesn't even eat red meat, so she's certainly not interested in that. Yeah. He says, actually, I'm a germaphobe. He said, you're a doctor. You can get behind that, right? She says, germaphobes, you're like the vegetarian of cool people. And he says, exactly. Will you excuse me a second? I have to make a phone call. He's deeply terrified. Yeah, this was an all-time bad showing from Alaric. Alaric, usually pretty effective flirtatiously. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he hasn't talked to someone in like a year and change, really. So, And now he's talking to a bunch of teenagers who he's basically like a father figure to them because his only friend is dead. Not his best showing, but, you know, she's a doctor. She's seen worse. And you know what? He's hot. I don't think it'll matter that his showing was bad. I think he can bounce back from this. He makes a phone call to elena she doesn't answer so he leaves a voicemail and says okay when i lost my human nature i lost my game where are you we go out to the road where elena is she gets a missed call from alaric and she's reaching for blood bags that are empty and damon says what are you looking for and she says oh i thought i had she sees the bags are empty and she says guess not she tosses them in the back seat she wanted more blood she didn't have any so we pretty quickly see where this is going yeah she spots a girl pulled over to the side of the road and it's like, uh-oh. And Elena says, what's this? Elena says, hey, are you okay? And Sarah, we learn her name later. We don't know it now. Says, depends. Am I still in the Western Hemisphere? And Elena says, perfect. Elena says, hang on, I can help. Sarah says, sorry, I'm from New York and we're big on cell phone reception. Elena says, where are you headed? Sarah says, Mystic Falls. My GPS died, and then I started second-guessing myself. And then Elena doesn't even let her finish the sentence. She starts feeding on her. Yeah, she's like, I'm not listening to all this. Damon appears, and he says, hey, easy. <laughs> this is when you wipe your slate clean and let her go. And Elena says, I'm still hungry, and she keeps feeding. Damon says, you're going to kill her, just like you nearly killed the last one and the one before that and the one before that. And Elena says, I got it. I'm going to let her go. I just need a little bit more. She feeds some more, and then Caroline appears and says... Uh, what? Yeah, Caroline's like, excuse me, girl. That's not something we do. (laughs) Elena says, oh my God, Caroline, it's not. But Sarah quickly runs into the field. 
because she's like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not getting stuck with this. They notice she's running, and Elena tries to vampire run after her, but she quickly hits the force field and runs back to not burn anymore, and we can see Sarah is running into Mystic Falls. Yeah, we can see the clock tower over the hill. She's bleeding from her neck. She's calling for help. But before we see what happens to her, we go and check with Caroline and Elena. Caroline says, hey, what did you do? Why are you feeding on people? And Elena says, oh my God, it's fine. I've compelled everyone else. And Caroline says, hang on, you're the border lurker? I love that name. It's so goofy. And Elena's like, I compelled everyone else. You missed one. The issue is that you missed one. It's not that you've been doing it. (laughs) Yeah. Elena says, the what? (laughs) She didn't know she had a name. (laughs) Caroline says, my mom's been out looking for a vampire prowler. And Elena says, oh my God, it's got to be the herbs Luke's been giving me. They make me so thirsty. Maybe I'm not thinking straight. And Caroline says, what herbs? Elena is so fucking trashy because she's been shitting on Caroline all episode, how Caroline will not leave Mystic Falls alone, will not leave the border. Meanwhile, she's been just walking along this border. Mm-hmm. Seems like we're all having issues. Yeah. Elena says, oh, the herbs, they make me see Damon. I, I can talk to him and be with him. She says this, like, th- this is exciting news that Caroline will be happy to hear. I think she knows that it probably isn't, but I think she's like, well, maybe if I... Maybe I'm being crazy and I don't need to hide this. Maybe if I say it happy enough, she'll be okay. Exactly. Maybe if I sell it, it'll be okay. (laughs) Caroline says, is this what you've been doing this whole time? Hallucinating your dead boyfriend? And Elena says, I tried to grieve him. Trust me, I know grief. I've got grieving down to a science at this point, and I tried. But every time I let it sink in that I'm never going to see him again, I feel like I'm going to die. So it seems like you don't have grieving down to a science. Yeah, which is okay. Yeah, you shouldn't. You shouldn't have it down to a science because it's not a science. It's your emotions. But this isn't good. Yeah. Caroline says, look, I get it. I do. But there are better ways to get through this. And Elena says, like what? Like dropping out of school and having picnics with my mom near the town border? Or maybe I could pull a Stefan and just bounce from country to country, tracing some false hope that we're going to find a way to bring Damon and Bonnie back. You named two better ways. (laughs) Elena says, we're all getting through it. This is me getting through it, okay? And Caroline says, yeah, but you're not getting through it, Elena. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, that's not what this is. You're avoiding it. She says, you're just pressing pause. Elena doesn't have anything to say to that. So Caroline says, I'll call my mom. She can fix all this, but you need to get out of here. Go hide, okay? Just go. Elena gets in the car and she's like, oh my God, what am I doing? And then Damon holds her hand because the drugs are still in her system. Yeah, because the drugs are just gone. We go over to the town square. The community protection squad is running. They're going on their classic run. They're protecting the community from not having a group that runs, I guess. (laughs) Sarah is screaming. She says, help me, help me. Matt spots her. Everyone else is too focused on running. So Matt runs to her really fast and the group follows. But Matt has a little time alone with her. Mm Mm-hmm. And Sarah says, you have to help me. There was this girl. I saw her and she looked so normal, but I swear to God, she had these teeth and she bit me. You have to help me. You have to find her. So Matt definitely knows it's a vampire. Yeah, he doesn't know which one exactly, but he's like, okay, I see what happened here. I mean, he sees the neck wound as well. It's pretty obvious. Trip approaches and says, what happened? And Sarah says, there was this girl. I was lost. Matt says, uh, she hit a dog, it bit her. She was lost, she stopped to ask this girl for directions, and she had a dog, and it bit her. And Sarah's like, no. And Trip turns to Sarah and says, is that what happened? But saved by the siren, Liz pulls up. 
and says, Matt, what's going on here? And Trip says, uh, this girl was attacked and I'm not sure we're getting the full story. <laughs> well, you don't get the full story. You're a civilian. <laughs> yeah. Liz says, Matt, get her to the hospital now. Sarah says, no, you're not listening. And Trip tries to follow, but Liz says, hey. She says, you're just a volunteer. <laughs> I don't even know you. Trip says, what are you doing? You need to talk to her. And Liz says, we'll get a statement from her after she's been treated. And Trip says, you didn't even ask her what happened. She said, because we'll get a statement after she's been treated. Yeah. Liz says, with all due respect, and the way she's saying it, she knows that the respect that is due is zero. With all due respect, which is none. <laughs> she says, Trip, you run a volunteer community program and I am the sheriff. Let me do my job. Now's a great time to look at Trip's IMDb. And I recognize this actor from the jump and it made me giggle. I said, oh, this guy. Me and Stephanie know this actor very well because he was on You're the Worst, one of the great romantic comedy TV shows of the 2010s. Mm -hmm. I recommend it to all of you. It was on FX. He plays a character on You're the Worst who I guess is kind of a loser. Yeah, there's no real word for him on that show other than loser. One of the things that makes him so cringy on You're the Worst, I think, is that he's a very good actor. Yes. He's just kind of a sad sack, like a very L.A. sad sack in that show. Yes. And he's really great on this show, too. I mean, because he is a really good actor, because you can tell that he thinks this community protection squad is like just what this town needs. Yeah, like this was the missing link. It's like so John Gilbert in a way. It's very like John Gilbert if he was a little tougher, Matt Donovan, if he was more confident, Connor, if he dreamed smaller. Yeah. Like, he's a great actor. I do love him. His name is Colin Ferguson. You also may recognize him. I imagine many of our listeners watched The Summer I Turned Pretty. He's the main girl's dad. Oh. Well, he's been in a couple Christmas movies, Christmas in Montana and Christmas on Honeysuckle Lane. Those sound good, unlike Joe's Christmas movie. Yeah. <laughs> He's been in a number of Hallmark things, too, so that's good for him. He was on a show called Haven on Sci-Fi. It seems to be about, uh, like, cursed stuff. Looks interesting. He was in 10 episodes of it. Hmm. He's in 77 episodes of a show called Eureka, which I have oh. heard of. I think he's the lead of it. I have heard of it, but I couldn't tell you anything about it. I'll tell you what it's about. A U.S. Marshal, I'm assuming it's him, becomes the sheriff of Eureka, a remote, cozy little northwestern town where the best minds in the U.S. have secretly been tucked away to build futuristic inventions for the government, which often go disastrously wrong. That sounds cute. I like that concept. I think he's the star of it. So I love that for him. It seems as though he does, you know, play like cop-esque characters. I mean, he has the look. Yeah. So I, I was happy to see him. I think he'll be fun because he can really play a loser well and make you dislike them quite a bit well and what i love about an actor like this is he is like very handsome yeah but he has a quality about him that he knows how to leverage that is like a loser quality despite his hotness which i think you know obviously has found him success i do think he has a specific hotness and a specific look that can read cop but i think it does read more like u.s marshall like something that is like cop adjacent like perk ranger vibe Yes. Yeah, he's like a likable hero and he could like play a villain, but he gives the energy of more of like a gnat in someone's ear than a real threat. <laughs> yeah. 
which again, I think he's just very good at leveraging. Glad to see him on this show. We go over to Stefan's house. He comes in with groceries, one bag of food and a six pack of beer. Typical man. He gets a call from Elena. He just lets it go to voicemail. He opens a beer and then she calls again. So this time he does answer. Unlike some people who call and he doesn't answer. But let's Mm -hmm. let's not talk about that yet. Don't get me all pissed off. (laughs) (laughs) Elena says, Stefan, is that you? She's in the car doing bad. And she says, look, I know it's been a long time since we talked, but he says, Elena, hey, what's going on? She says, I need you to tell me you found something. A witch, a guy who knows a witch, who knows something, anything. Like, I need you to give me hope and tell me you're going to find Damon and bring him back. And Stefan says, I've had a long enough day. I'm (laughs) going to ruin somebody else's day. Stefan says, not yet. And Elena says, how do you do it? How do you wake up in the morning? How do you go about your day without falling apart? Tell me what you're doing to get through this because I'm clearly doing it wrong. And Stefan says, well, you know, there's no right or wrong way. She says, no, there's only forever. That's why I need you to give me hope because I don't think I can live forever without him. And Stefan is growing more and more tired of this conversation by the second. Because he's not facing his own feelings of this. He's ignoring that big time. Yeah. So he says, well, I can't. I gave up. And she says, well, you just said you were looking for him. And he doesn't say this, but he's like, yeah, I was lying to get you off the phone. (laughs) Yeah. Instead, he says, I did. And then I realized it was pointless and I needed to move on with my life. And I stopped. And she says, what do you mean you stopped? And he said, I quit. (laughs) He says, I mean, I said goodbye, Elena. I moved on. Damon is gone. It's time for you to say goodbye, too. He hangs up on her. (laughs) Real rude. And she cries. I mean, it goes without saying that obviously uh, Stefan has not just like completely moved on. He's just also in denial. There's a reason it's the biggest river in the world. It's really the blind leading the blind. Elena calling Stefan for advice. I mean, yeah, it's like you guys need to talk to some other people. There has to be someone. (laughs) We go back over to the football game slash the tailgate. Everyone's saying, let's go Whitmore. Tyler is on the phone. Caroline and he says where are you the game's gonna start in like 15 minutes and Caroline says you know Elena has some witchy drug problem Luke Perker has been feeding her some concoction that allows her to hallucinate Damon this scene is the game of telephone personified because they have some understanding that like Luke is doing this like with a mind of his own you know I get that Caroline has no reason to think that Luke wants to stop this Because Elena wouldn't admit that she had to, like, choke him to get these drugs that she, quote unquote, doesn't have a problem with. Yeah. But it is just like, Tyler, you know, you don't have to act on every piece of information immediately. You can, you know, talk to people. Tyler says, what? And Caroline says, yeah, it gets her all bloodlusty and confused. She nearly killed a girl today. And Tyler says, this makes no sense. And Caroline says, well, neither did the fact that she got over Damon so quickly when he died. Now it's crystal clear. She hasn't. She's just yeah. living in fantasy land. She's a mess. And as long as Luke keeps playing doctor, she's not going to get any better. Tyler says, let me deal with him. How about you don't, Tyler? Maybe don't. Maybe just go to the football game like a normal person instead of beating up a gay kid. But yeah, but whatever. <laughs> I wouldn't tip my toe into hate crimes if I were you, but I'm a different person but I don't have a werewolf gene. (laughs) We go over to the Mystic Falls border. Matt is driving Sarah to the border. 
And he says, we're just meeting up with my friend here. Everything's going to be fine. So, of course, as soon as he starts the car, Sarah tries to run. I'm sorry. This guy is driving me to the edge of town after he actively ignored me telling him who bit me. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to run. I'm suspicious at best. Matt says, hey, stop. Please get back in the car. I'm not going to hurt you. And she says, well, you did kidnap me. And he says, look, I know you're scared. And I'm sorry this happened to you, but all I can do is promise it won't happen again. Let's not get hopeful, buddy. First of all, you can't really promise that unless she never leaves Mystic Falls. Let's just be honest. She says, why the hell should I trust you? And he says, because I've been attacked like that more times than I can count. I've had my throat ripped open, my neck snapped, my hand smashed, I've drowned, I've died and come back to life, and I've lost what little family I had, and I refuse to lose anyone else. Look, I get I get this. The drowning was all you, King. Yeah, you you chained a weight to your foot. That was a choice that you made. So let's not blame everyone for that one, okay? You can't lump that in with the attacks. Don't think you can sneak that one in without me noticing, okay? <laughs> he says, I want to protect people like you like us, to which he's implying humans. She says, that's quite a story. But the thing is, I don't trust anyone ever. She tries to run, but she runs into Caroline. And Caroline says, that's probably wise. You don't trust anyone ever but the girl on the side of the road? That rule should have started a little bit earlier, Sarah. Let that be a lesson, Sarah. So let's talk about Sarah and her IMDb. Mm -hmm. She's our last one. The actress is named Gabrielle Walsh. She's got five upcoming projects. Mm. Good for her. So she's working. And she's got some stuff within 2022, which is not always true. She was on 10 episodes of 911, the Fox show with Angela Bassett. Yeah. Five episodes of Shameless. Good for her. Paranormal Activity, the marked ones. Who knows which number that was. <laughs> and that's kind of it. So not a ton. So let's talk about Sarah and what your predictions are for her. Because she seemed very... Committed to getting to Mystic Falls, which in six seasons of this show, we've learned is a clue. So what do you think is up with Sarah? So she says that she wanted to come to Mystic Falls. That's obviously a red flag. But notably, she wasn't like laying on the ground saying a vampire attacked me. Mm -hmm. Like she just said a girl. She bit me. She was confused about that part of it. Uh, You know, I think there are a couple possibilities here. One I'll raise. We have no idea where Enzo is right now. That's a great point. He could have easily gone to New York and be cooking something up. So that's a possibility. It seems like if she were in any way supernatural, we would have gotten more clues of it. I will say, I think, you know, we have to entertain the werewolf possibility because Tyler's re-entering this werewolf era. We do know, however, that she can go into Mystic Falls. Granted, Being someone with a werewolf gene doesn't kick you out of Mystic Falls, Mm -hmm. as far as we can tell. I mean, we haven't seen Tyler go in, but if it's unactivated, we don't see how that would be a problem. And famously, when Tyler went over the border, he ended up being a boy with a werewolf gene. So we can assume that that wouldn't preclude her. But we do want to keep in mind that she can go into the border of Mystic Falls with seemingly no issue. Yeah. So that makes it pretty clear she's not a vampire. We could still entertain the witch possibility. Mm-hmm. But I think if she were a witch, she would have like done something to stop being bit. Unless she doesn't know she's a witch. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think there are only a handful of reasons to come to Mystic Falls. And I think they're usually because of some connection to Supernatural. 
creatures, but she doesn't seem to have knowledge of vampires, again, because she didn't use the word vampire. And I think that's pretty damning. But it's also, you know, possible that she somehow has heard about, has figured out about this force field that keeps magic out. That may be a draw for someone if they've heard of it. I don't know. We also could raise the possibility that this is a member of Liv and Luke's coven. We have to think about it just because I'm looking for people from that coven, although I do think that coven would recognize Elena. That's true. Do you think she is looking for a specific person in Mystic Falls, or do you think it's more vague? I think it's more vague. Mm -hmm. I think it's maybe some structure of Mystic Falls, some system, maybe like a family or something like that, but not necessarily one person. Sure. Family's always a good guess. The best possibility, I think, is looking for werewolf family. Like Lockwood's? hmm Yeah. And I will say, notably, we don't learn her last name. Yeah, that's true. So her last name could easily be Lockwood. Yeah. I mean, we don't know any of these new characters. We don't learn any of their last names. Ivy, Joe, Sarah, or Trip. I think if any of these are possibly a founding family member, Sarah's our most likely one. Okay. Because I think if Trip was a founding family member, he wouldn't need to start this stupid little volunteer club. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> How long do you think Sarah's going to be with us? You know, I don't think like forever, but I think like a good six episodes. Okay. Depending on how her story shakes out, it could go longer because she may just introduce us to someone else. But I think like she's definitely someone who will be giving us some information on something. Good point. She's definitely a character who's going to do something. That's my guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you are so you are so talented at predicting this show. I was right. <laughs> Canada's a win. Imagine if next episode she like immediately died. So then even that guess was wrong. <laughs> While we're talking about character predictions, I realized we forgot to talk about predictions for Trip because we were blinded by our heart eyes for Colin Ferguson. I had so much positive to say about him. I didn't even want to shit on the character. Yeah, because again, Colin Ferguson, fantastic actor. But Trip, uh, we're getting some bad vibes. Yeah, he's definitely, I mean, he's giving older Matt Donovan. He's giving like a middle schooler who volunteers to be hall monitor so he can bust his classmates. Yeah, the one who reminds the teacher you had homework. Yeah. So what are our predictions for Tripp's character? What's his deal? What's he doing here? So I do think his motivation in setting up this community protection squad is like to protect from vampires. I think he... You think he does know about vampires? I do think he knows about vampires because I think he's awful suspicious with the way he's reacting to Sarah's bite, which in a way is fair because she's clearly trying to say something and Matt's clearly trying to stop her. Yeah. But at the same time, like she has a bite to her neck. Most people would be like, get her to the hospital. Like I'll talk to her in the ambulance even. Yeah. He is being very suspicious in that scene. So I do think he knows about it. Um, and I'm not sure he knows about the border situation. Yeah. Like he might not realize that vampires can't get in. Yeah. I think he took this lull, which I don't know what he thought the lull was from and was like, okay, let's build up our defenses. I think he is trying to essentially replace what the Founders Council has done in phases. 
um, of trying to stop vampires because there aren't really many of those left. And, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if he was suspicious of Caroline or Elena, who are notably like one of the few founding family members still connected and they haven't been in town. Mm -hmm. Do you think his motivation in forming this community protection squad is to really have like a team of vampire hunters or do you think it is just that he wants to be a cop so bad? I think it's less vampire hunters. I think it is more like take back our town in theory. Yeah. Because we have to remember that even though there were all these other things going on and we've had a lot of deaths for someone who just lives in Mystic Falls, a massive amount of people died in the town square and then like the main restaurant blew up. Like those two things, it's not crazy that people would like take that and be like, we need to protect this town. Yeah, like this town could use some vigilantes. I think we have to entertain the possibility that he is really more thinking about protecting the town. But I do think in his quest to protect the town, he's either just learned about vampires because again, there's not that many founding families left. Those old journals can't be that hidden anymore or the you know records, whatever. And so I think- it's kind of a combination of those. I don't think he's necessarily a vampire hater in the same way we've seen past people. I think he more like wants to protect his home. I think we're sure. going to continue that home theme in a new way. We go back over to Whitmore. Luke goes up to Tyler at the tailgate and says, hey, have you seen Elena? One of the worst things he could ask right now, but he doesn't know that. Tyler says, Elena's not coming. Apparently she's not in her right mind. And Luke says, what happened? Because this is something he was concerned about. Yeah, he was like, oh, shit. I like should have tried harder to stop her from taking the drugs. Like, I hope she's okay. Yeah. Tyler says, is this what you've been up to all summer? Messing with Elena's brain? Does it help with the guilt or are you just desperate for friends? If he were desperate for friends, I don't think this would be the way he'd go about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously what Luke should do here is explain himself. I don't think he realizes the tale that Tyler has told himself and Luke is just concerned about Elena because he feels bad so Luke says where's Elena now and Tyler says why so you can trick her into thinking Damon's alive who does that she almost killed someone Luke realizes they're not having a productive conversation here yeah he realizes Tyler is coming in with very limited information so Luke says you're drunk and like pokes him a little bit the poke probably wasn't necessary buddy but yeah but then Tyler does escalate it uh, a little bit, talk about it in an unnecessary way. Yeah. Tyler grabs Luke's neck and says, don't touch me. And it really looks like he's about to rip this neck open. Yeah, he's like choking him. And Tyler says, where's your magic now, Perker? What's wrong? Can't chant? He says, stay away from Elena or you're going to have a problem your magic wand can't fix. Luckily, this tailgate has chaperones. Yeah, you know, we were all making fun of it. But suddenly it's like, oh, thank God, there's a chaperone here. Unfortunately, most of them are at the burger bar. <laughs> They're all in their little food coma over there. So Lark comes up and says, hey, knock it off. Tyler lets go. And Rick says to Tyler, you got it under control, huh? Tyler leaves. And so Rick turns to Luke and says, you want to tell me what that was about? Come on, let's get out of here. We go over to the mausoleum where Elena is taking those damn drugs again. Like, did you learn nothing from today? So Damon shows up and Elena says, you can't be here. Girl, you just took the drugs. You conjured him up. She says, you're not even real. This is just my subconscious making me see what I want to see. She's like, I'm about to gag you. First of all, your subconscious knows. 
She's like, I'm going to gag my subconscious. And the subconscious is like, girl, I'm ahead of you. Yeah. And this idea was in me first, bitch. <laughs> Damon says, one call from my brother and you're going to throw all this away. She says, you know I want to see you, Damon. But it makes me reckless. I hurt people. And he says, so why am I here? You want to move on? Move on. Good point. She says, I never got to say thank you. He says, for what? She says, for saving Stefan and bringing back Rick and Tyler. Thank you. And he says, okay. She says, I'm not done yet. She says, thank you for giving me everything I always wanted. A love that consumed me and passion, adventure. There's nothing more I could ever want than for it to last forever. But it can't. She cries. She says, this is the last time I'm going to see you. This is goodbye, Damon. I love you, but I have to let you go. She kisses him and she closes her eyes and she's like, I did it. I'm so great. She opens her eyes and Damon is still there. (laughs) Because, you know, I get the drugs make this feel more real. But if you just choose to imagine him when you give this little speech, you can choose to stop imagining him at the end. Yeah. (laughs) But he says, you're still holding on, which obviously she is. Mm -hmm. She says, no, I said goodbye, Damon. She said, no, I'm not holding on. I just said I was done holding on. (laughs) She said, can't argue with that. (laughs) He says, I don't blame you. And then her subconscious proceeds to beat her ass some more. Yeah. He says, you know what's waiting for you. How long before you go running back to Luke? And she says, no, I told you that was the last time, Damon. I'm done. He says, an eternity of torment, agony, and grief. And you'll feel it all. And she says, Damon, stop it. You're getting in my head. Don't do this, please. He's already in there, girl. This is your own head. (laughs) You really do be your own worst enemy. It really do be your own head. (laughs) Damon, aka Elena Subconscious, says, you're going to feel it forever. And she says, no. Uh, And then she breaks a bunch of stuff, including one of the stained glass windows and one of the old-timey candlesticks. And she cries. And then Damon touches her shoulder. And it's like, well, you know, at least she's feeling it. She's letting the pain in. That's a step. It's the only step she's going to take today, but that's enough grieving for today. (laughs) (laughs) We go over to Whitmore. Tyler is doing pull-ups on like the door to his dorm. I understand you miss being as strong as a hybrid. You're not going to get that back. Just be a normal person. It's okay. Just rely on football and go to the gym. You don't have to do pull-ups here. Yeah. Liv comes in and she says, could you be more of a douchebag cliche? He says, "Uh, I got a little bit out of control. I know. She says, a little? It's not Luke's fault that your friend's emotionally blackmailing him to fulfill whatever mental headcase crap she's going through. And he says, it's called grief. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the crap. And he says, your brother got to live that day, remember? The rest of us lost people because of him. And she says, I am aware of that, Tyler. I think about it every day. So does Luke but a lot of you got your lives back too because of me. So at the very least, do me a favor and lay off my brother. And this is the major issue with Tyler's argument here and Elena's argument to Luke. Like, yes, they can blame Luke all they want for stopping the spell and preventing Damon from coming back. But they got a lot of people back for them. Yeah. Including a bunch of them who died for stupid reasons because they're all like, well, anyone's coming back now. Yeah, they did a lot of work to help you guys when... Frankly, they didn't need to and probably could get in trouble with their coven for doing it. Sorry that two didn't come out. And let's be honest, really only one didn't come out because Bonnie was never going to come out. Yeah. I mean, again, 
Liv could have stopped the spell as soon as Luke came out. And Luke came out, mind you, first because he had pep in his step. He had a sense of urgency. He said, I'm not fucking staying here. Unlike the rest of them who were just like, oh, who's going to go next? Oh, we have to wait for Damon. Oh, I'm walking up. Shut up and go through Bonnie. So you all could be a little nicer to both of them. Yeah, especially because, let's be serious, you guys still need a witch around. Yeah. So let's not completely cut these two off. And Tyler says, you know what, Liv, you're right. I'm sorry. And she says, yeah, our twin powers don't work like that. You actually have to tell Luke to his face. I hate fucking twins on TV shows always say shit like that. They they always have to make some kind of joke about twin telepathy. Boo. Boo. Tomato. I hate it. Listeners, if you ever meet a twin, just know no matter how hard they laugh at your twin telepathy joke, they don't like it. They've heard it before. It wasn't funny any of the times. They're laughing so you don't say it again. Oh, well, you know, I just know my sister really well, so I I can kind of guess how she's feeling. They just said that because you wouldn't let up. Yeah. If you've had a long conversation with a twin about twin telepathy, just know they left it liking you less. (laughs) (laughs) Just something to keep in mind, guys. (laughs) Tyler says, I will apologize to Luke. But listen, Liv, four months ago, I could do anything. Could make anyone do anything I wanted. No mention of how you uh, lost to Klaus. Okay. Yeah. I was stronger than most people on this earth. And then it went away. And all that's left inside of me is rage. Seems like something you got to work through yourself, King, that rage is your response to that. But who am I? And Liv says, why are you telling me this? Because it is like, are you guys friends? Why would you tell her this? Yeah. It's like, what is the vibe? Are you guys like interested in each other? And you're like opening up to her. Like, it's impossible to say. And he says, because I want you to understand, I'm trying to deal with it. And she says, okay, good luck dealing with it. That sounds awful. Bye. (laughs) Yeah, literally. (laughs) And he says, why do you do that? I'm trying to talk to you and you just give me that look and walk away. Again, it's like, what do you expect her to say? You don't seem to be that close. Like, do you expect her to be interested in this? Sorry, she's not Caroline who just cares to a fault. Yeah. And sorry, she's not all the other hybrids that you were unsiring that were obsessed with you. Yeah. And she says, what would you like me to do, Tyler? And they look at each other and it clearly is like charged. Again, they have chemistry. Yeah. For a second, it's like, oh, don't kiss. I I was literally sitting there like, don't kiss, don't kiss, don't kiss. That would be not good with me. Mm -hmm. But they don't kiss. She leaves. I'm like, great. Good job for once. I fear I will be losing a similar battle later. (laughs) but we'll see (laughs) we go back over to the diner caroline is sitting there and she is making a call to stefan but she gets his voicemail we see stefan sitting next to his phone seeing that he got a missed call and drinking a beer this seems to be stefan's pastime is just looking at his phone he doesn't have the tv on yeah he's not listening to any music he's just sitting there waiting for the calls to come in for him to not answer he's not even hanging out with ivy (laughs) he told ivy he couldn't hang out tonight And this is what he's doing. This was his big plan. Caroline leaves a voicemail. She says, hey, it's me. This is another classic Vampire Diaries season premiere move is to not only have the beginning of the episode recap, but the end of the episode recap. Mm -hmm. And Caroline gets the recap and, you know, they're pushing her to get a main character moment. It's looking like Elena's going to sleep sooner rather than later. (laughs) Caroline says... Just leaving another message about how today was not a good day. 
everyone drifted apart. It's like everyone's pretending they can get through this alone. We go over to Whitmore where Elena is sitting in her dorm room, smelling one of Damon's shirts, uh, one of his old black t-shirts. We can tell it's Damon's because it's black. Caroline narrates, Elena's gone and I think she's so scared to accept what happened that she's become a completely different person. Also at Whitmore, we see Tyler doing push-ups. Caroline says, if you ask me, Tyler is just hiding at Whitmore, pretending everything's fine as if he can outrun his werewolf gene or something. Good read, queen. Good read. You got him there. Over at the Lockwood house, Matt comes home and he's cleaning up after Jeremy. And Caroline says, Matt and Jeremy never leave Mystic Falls anymore. There's an invisible wall standing between us and them and nobody's doing anything about it. In the woods outside Mystic Falls, Jeremy has a bottle of alcohol. And he is by the stump where they had Bonnie's first funeral. Yeah. That has a picture of Bonnie, Elena, Jeremy, and Matt, maybe? I think so, because Jeremy's definitely in it. Jeremy's in it, Bonnie's in it, Elena's in it. I don't know if it's Matt or Caroline. Sorry. (laughs) It's a picture. I didn't look at it that long because I was like, okay, this. We got it. (laughs) (laughs) Caroline says, part of me wonders if they hope we'll never find a way back in. And then we go back to the diner and Caroline says, and then there's just me sitting in a diner on the border of town, looking for a way to get our home back. We just lost two of our closest friends. We need each other. We need to be together, Stefan, or pretty soon we're just going to end up pictures in a yearbook in a drawer somewhere. And so that is why I'm not going to stop calling until you pick up the phone and I hear your voice and you tell me that you're going to help me fix it because I'm not going to give up on us. Very early Elena type message to give Stefan. She's really fighting for Stefan. And so we've seen Stefan is doing pretty bad this episode. So you said, oh, Stefan, don't delete it. Don't delete it. And to Stefan's credit, he doesn't delete the voicemail. Uh, he sees it come in and he just breaks his entire phone. So he's doing super good. He's ha- handling this maturely and and really going to do well soon. We've never seen him so healthy. Yeah. Then we go over to Alaric's apartment, maybe Elena's dorm room. I think it's Elena's dorm room, which prompts the question, where the fuck does Alaric live? But I don't think that's really a crucial question in the moment. He has an apartment in whatever city Whitmore is. Whitmore, Virginia. <laughs> Elena is looking at a picture of her and Damon, but it's clearly just an old picture of like Nina Dobrevany and Summerhalder because they are not in their Elena and Damon outfits. Yeah, his hair is way, it's like, beyond Damon and she's got a little like low bun it's very Nina and Ian it looks very much not like Elena and Damon but it does look better than a publicity still so I'm glad they did it yeah Elena says do you like being a vampire and Alex says why don't you get some sleep uh we'll talk about it tomorrow when that craps out of your system and she says you know with all the funerals in the start of the year we never really talked about how you're dealing with this he's like yeah I clocked that yeah he says I noticed (laughs) (laughs) he says you mean with me coming back to life i mean moving away from mystic falls helped and since my ex-girlfriend is happily married to a pediatrician up in alaska i didn't have any awkward reunions to handle all love to meredith fells she came out on top she said you know what i'm gonna find another doctor the second after alaric died and damon tried to be her friend meredith said i'm moving to alaska i can't do this she said you know what Sorry that I inadvertently caused Elena's vampire transition. I'm going to go. Yeah, I'll see myself out. Elena says, I meant the bloodlust, the heightened emotions, the immortality. And he says, you know, to be honest, Elena, 
I hate everything about being a vampire. Y'all always do. Yeah. She says, me too. At least I did. I mean, and then one day I discovered the good part, you know, the promise that love could be eternal. And I had that with Damon, which means for the rest of eternity, I'm going to have a hole in my heart where he's supposed to be. And Alex, like, okay, so I'm comforting you again. Yeah, and Alex, like, oh, so we're done talking about me. You just had me admit that I hate it. And then you don't want to let me talk about it at all. Cool. He said, so I just told you I hate everything about being a vampire and you don't want to follow up on how I'm dealing with that. And you come back with, actually, I like it. He says, actually, I liked it until I'm sad because my boyfriend died. You remember that I'm also Damon's friend. At one point, his best friend. I actually liked it because I was in love. And then he died. You wouldn't know what that's like, Alaric. Alaric said, first of all, thank you for reminding me that I don't have a girlfriend. And the reason that I don't have a girlfriend is, A, they usually die. And B, one moved to Alaska. So thank you. So he just says, trust me, it gets easier. And she says, I know how death works. Trust me, I've done it a lot. And he's like, okay, you don't have to come at me for this. <laughs> yeah. He says, I've lost a lot of you too. She says, there's no such thing as moving on. It's a lie. And while this is true, like there is no such thing as moving on, it does get easier. She's living proof of that. Yeah. But she has her mind made up. She wants to be in a bad mood. She has her mind made up on maybe the stupidest plan she's ever had. It's hard to get on that list, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. She says, if I'm ever going to be able to fall in love again and make eternity bearable, I need you to do something. And Alaric says, I'll bite. What? And she says, you were created by the original vampire spell, which means you can compel other vampires. Good reminder. And since I can't take away my vampirism, I want you to take away Damon. I want you to compel me to forget I ever loved him. Alaric doesn't respond to this here. So let me ask you, do you think Alaric's going to go for this? No, I hope not. Because also, let's remember, Elena, when you like compelled Jeremy to forget, it just pissed him off so bad. It hurt him so bad. And the, the other thing with this, too, is there's no way to undo this because compulsion goes away when if you turn into a vampire, Whenever a vampire compels you, she's there. So he better not do this. Yeah. And Elena's always been a proponent. Lest she forget of like, you need to feel your feelings. You need to get through it all. And now she just abandoned it. She's like, that doesn't apply to me, though. Yeah. She's like, me, my feelings are too strong to feel. Yeah. I'm the only one who's ever been in love with someone who died. It's the thing. Yeah. Meanwhile, Jeremy is like mourning Bonnie over there. And she's like, do your homework. Yeah. <laughs> Well, do your homework. She's like, no, it's worse for me because I love Damon more than anyone has ever loved anyone in the world. And I don't think Alaric will do this because I think Alaric is seeing her spiral in a way that is just not like, I'm sure he feels bad for the hurt she's going through, but he understands that you have to go through your feelings. And I think he is also hopeful that they will get Damon back and he's not going to do this to Damon. Yeah. And not for nothing. I mean... Like, obviously, she's not doing well. She has not actually tried to grieve Damon yet. Yeah. Of course, she's not doing well. So objectively bad idea from all angles. And, you know, it is the grieving chapter. So how are we going to do that if she's done grieving? Yeah, she's like, well, that's that. (laughs) Who the hell is Damon? I forget him. (laughs) You had a brother? Was he hot? (laughs) 
And then we go to a kitchen somewhere. Mm -hmm. This is something, it wasn't clear we were going to get this episode. There's a pancake griddle. Pancakes are being cooked. There's music playing. And we see that the person cooking the pancakes is Damon. So we know he's somewhere. He preps some coffee and pancakes. He walks them both to the table. On the pancakes, he made a little happy face with fangs using berries and whipped cream. Very cute and funny. Very funny. And he gives those pancakes to Bonnie. Bonnie's at the table with him. And she says, every day I tell you I hate that. And he says, and every day I do it anyway. Bon appetit. She hands him a piece of the newspaper. She reads her piece of the newspaper and they have breakfast. And that is the end of the episode. So the first question, of course, where the hell are these two? So we know the other side was crumbling. We know that's not a possibility. But also we know that that's not where they are because one, it's well lit. Mm -hmm. Two, they can talk to each other and they can like eat. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a very different realm. I don't think this is peace because they're by themselves. And again, I've been saying Graham set something up, some other realm up. Yeah. I will say, I said this on the other episode, but I didn't end up putting it in the episode. I've been getting quite a few reels on Instagram of like filming locations around Covington, Georgia, because I've, I watched a couple and I've been a lot less careful about spoilers. It's been too long. Because we're into the show for a long time now. So you imagine you probably missed most spoilers. I'm like, I probably am not going to get anything huge spoiled for me. Right. And there was one location that was a specific world grocery store. I can't 100% remember the name of the word before world. Because if I see spoilers, I work really hard to get them out of my head. And I'm actually pretty good at it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm actually pretty good at forgetting things. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they said prison world grocery store. Or like convenience store, gas station, something like that. So that's my guess for what this realm is called. But I think essentially they're in their own version of purgatory, like protected from the other part of the afterlife. But it doesn't seem like they can see what's going on on Earth either. I mean, maybe they can, because what the fuck is this newspaper? That's a great point. They do have a newspaper. I do want to bring a couple things up. They don't seem afraid. Mm -hmm. And they don't seem like really motivated to get out of it. Yeah, they don't seem like they're trying to get out of it. They seem like they're just like, this is the situation we're in. They seem perfectly content to hang out with just each other. Yeah, Bonnie's in a nightgown, it appears. They're just kind of like living their life. And do you think there are other people and they're just not interacting with other people? Or do you think they're alone wherever they are? I think they're alone wherever they are. Okay. Do you think they are in a place we know? Or do you think it's like a completely new place? I'm, I guess I'm just trying to ask, like, I, I guess that's enough of a question. Do you think they're in a place we know? I think potentially a version of a place we know. Sure. And by that, I mean, like, geographically, maybe it's a place we've seen sure. or a place we're familiar with. But, like, spiritually, it's not the same. Do you think it's a spiritual twist or do you think it's more to it than that? I do want to bring up there's something that Alaric says when he's talking about occult studies in the beginning. He's doing his little lecture. We hear very little of his lecture because we're doing character stuff. But he does make a comment that one group thinks resurrection is purely spiritual. Mm-hmm. So I just want to bring that up also. No, I get that. I think it's more physical. Like I would consider the other side spiritual in that like they are kind of spirits. They're walking among people, but they're not seen. This seems to be a much more physical, like, physical foothold. Now, 
I think it's more of like a different realm, different dimension situation. Sure. And I do think a lot of this is probably like potentially set up and built as a way to like protect them from being sucked up with the other side, I think essentially is what Grams ended up doing with it. So do you think Grams basically created this whole world for this occasion? Or do you think this world was here and they were just plopped into it? I think it's more likely that she was able to kind of put them in an existing situation. Because it's not like she had like a ton of power on the other side. Either that or it's like a very small world that she created. So why do you think this was created if not for her to put Bonnie? This could be like potentially a version of the afterlife before the other side. I mean, they have modern appliances. Yeah. Well, no. But I am saying if it was a version of the afterlife before the other side. Our logic would indicate that it would operate similarly to the other side, which is to say that they would exist within it as ghosts. And they don't seem to be existing as ghosts here. It seems like it could more likely be, so we know witches have traditionally had control on the other side, but we also know that the other side was falling apart and the travelers were a big part of that. There may have been a push from witches on the other side to, like, not just Sheila. But create, like, bunkers. Like a doomsday situation. Sure. So do you think this was created as another side bunker and just that Bonnie and Damon were put here? Or do you think it was created for another purpose? I think essentially, I think it could have also been built as like potentially a punishment. And I'm getting that because I think it said prison world. I'll be completely honest. But who would it be a punishment for? That instead of killing someone, you put them in this like alone area. I don't know why you wouldn't just kill them though. I mean, if you're assuming the person is supernatural, they could go to the other side. And as we can see, people were able to come back from the other side. So maybe there is someone else here or some other people here. We have to throw out the possibility that I'm saying if this is a punishment, that could be the parallel for hell. Sure. And that could be where the wind sucked people up to. Sure. I mean, we have to raise that possibility. But then we also have to raise the possibility that, you know, Graham said that she set something up for Bonnie. And you had suggested that you think them holding hands maybe pulled them somewhere. So we have to then wonder, is this where Bonnie was meant to go and she happened to pull Damon? Or did they go where Damon was meant to go and Bonnie got pulled with him? I think it was where Bonnie was meant to go. Great. Because I think Graham set this up for her. Like, I think whether this is, and I think also if this is kind of a hell system, you know, from the other side, this is kind of taking quite a few leaps. But from the way we saw the other side being created and then falling apart, it's not outside the realm of possibility that there could be multiple like afterlife realms that were created for different reasons Mm -hmm. that you could plop into. Like, and maybe this one was a relic of another system that, you know, maybe the other side sucks people out or something else, like moves people out of this or people find peace in this system. And it kind of has become obsolete. And so then it just is Damon and Bonnie here as a result of that. Okay. So final question about this. How do you think they get out of here? That's a good question. Isn't it? To be fair, we are operating under the assumption that they will get out of here. Yeah, I'm operating under that assumption. This is part of why I think that Sheila put Bonnie there. I think witches can then take someone out. And I think because they have this physical foothold, and we took away kind of Bonnie's job as the anchor, we can bring them through. I don't think there's as much to overcome 
on the other side because you have a physical foothold somewhere Mm -hmm. is my thought process. So they may be just like in a separate dimension. And so all they have to do is essentially jump to the correct dimension. Yeah, find a a path in the right direction and also that will spit them out in the right place. Because, you know, if they spit Damon out in Mystic Falls. That's true. That's a great point. Lots to think about. I mean, I think they're getting out. I think Liv and Luke are the the solution to that. Or Lurk, potentially. I do think Lurk and Caroline are the two that could. But essentially that you think we'll need a witch to do something. I think we'll need a witch to do anything. I think some of the information could come from Lurk and Caroline. But Stefan and Elena are shit in the bed on this one. They sure are. As they do. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. As always, if you are enjoying Vampire Diaries and your doppelgangers, please tell your friends and give us five stars rating and review on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.